Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, uh, if you throw your hand up, someone will bring one to you. Uh, we, we've got some volunteers kind of around that have some Bibles. If, uh, if you don't see a volunteer around, there should be some kind of on the end of your row or around the end of your, your row. But we're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 6 this morning. Um, so, I, I don't know if you're like me, but uh, I like adventure. Um, are you the kind that's like Indiana Jones, you know, like it gets you fired up just to be, uh, be in the thick of things? Um, I, I like to go on adventures. My adventures might look different than yours, uh, but I still love them nonetheless. I don't know if it's just like the manhood inside of me, uh, but I know some of you women are up for way more adventures than I am, so... Uh, but I think it's built into all of us, this innate search for adventure, uh, this innate search for a mission. And so let me ask you this question. If you are a Christ follower, uh, maybe, you know, we use the term Christian in our society. It's kind of been watered down. But let me ask you, as a Christ follower, as someone who is pursuing Jesus, um, how are you doing with the mission? Now, I'm not talking about the mission that God's leading, leading you on to uh, quit your job and become a missionary. I'm not telling you. I'm not talking about the mission of, like, um, you know, giving four, $4,200 for the offering. I'm not talking about a specific mission. But here's the mission that I'm talking about that God has given to every Christ follower. And that mission is this. Love God relentlessly. Love people recklessly and love the world in a way that they've never seen it before. How are you doing with that mission? What if I told you this morning that not only you personally should live that mission, should be living that mission, and that Christ is kind of trying to push you in a direction of living that mission, but that your money could do it too. We've been in this series uh, called ATM, and a couple weeks ago uh, we talked about the attitude of your money, that your money's not really yours anyway, that God's given it all to you. Last week we talked about the treasure of your money, and to be honest with you, I don't remember seven words I said last week because I was pretty sick and broke a fever while I was preaching last week. And you guys remember I had the stool over here? Totally thought it was in the middle. It was over here. And I went to sit down on it one time and almost missed. And you didn't catch it. <laughs> um, so last week we talked about the treasure, the, the actual money, and, and what we're doing with it and how we're, uh, how we're spending it. This week we want to talk about the mission, the mission of our money. Anybody swimming in debt just kind of over there, you know, you're kind of, what is it, in over your eyes, your ears, in over your head, head, shoulders, <laughs> uh, you're in, over, well, if you're in over your head, you're also in over your eyes and your ears, okay, thank you, <laughs> but anybody in over your head in debt, and you're like, I don't know, maybe one day I'll be out of it, or maybe just one day I'll die, and then I'll give it to my kids, and they can have it. Um, whichever comes first. Anybody just like paycheck to paycheck, 
and you just pay that last bill, but you still haven't gone grocery shopping, or you still haven't paid for the medicine, or you know that you know that, that number that keeps coming up on your phone is a debt collector, and you just hit the side button to like ignore it. You flip your phone upside down so that no one else will see it, um, and you think you're slick, like they're going to just think you've been busy for the 433rd time that they've called. And they'll be like, oh, they must have just been napping again. When you think about your money, do you just like start to sweat a little bit and start to panic? I think a lot of us do. Um, it says that uh, 70% of marriages fight, uh, they, they begin fights that end talking about money. You guys start to fight about the way that the dishwasher was loaded incorrectly, even though you watched me load it. And then you're, you finish talking about, well, I tried to get that raise, but you didn't even really want it. How are we going to get that? Okay. Um, so one, I'll make this suggestion to you. Uh, there is this program out there called Financial Peace University. Uh, do it. Okay. Uh, the word peace is really significant there. My wife and I are doing it now, and uh, our goal right now is to try to get out of debt, and there's a program in it that will really help you uh, to get out of debt. Um, but one thing that Dave Ramsey is really big on, and uh, I think we should be too, is check this out. This is his budgeting tool. Anybody know that his budgeting tool name? I'll give you a golden star and 7,000 useless points. Okay. It's called Every Dollar Has a Job. And his goal is for us to know that every single dollar that comes in to our bank account has a purpose. It has a use. It has a job. Let's just call it a mission. That every dollar that you have has a mission. There are five main missions that we use that let's just say that we might have in our uh, in our life right now. And so, uh, have you ever thought about your money having a mission? A lot of us might fall in one of these categories. Your main mission for your money, number one, is to take care of your family. Hey, that's a pretty good mission, right? And it's even a biblical mission to take care of. It says, husband, love your wives the way that Christ loved the church, uh, and Christ loved the church by giving up his life for them. I would even think that that would include his money, right? Your, your money. So to love your wife sacrificially, to, to take care of your family is a biblical mission. But it's just incomplete as far as it comes to money. Now I've seen a lot of people go overboard when it comes to being generous with your funds, but trying to, instead we're stingy with it because, well, uh, I need to take care of, of my family. Now, there's a difference between taking care of and excess. Here's the second mission that you might have for your money, and that's to make money. That should be a rap song, and I'm going to say it just like that. Make money or get bread, as the kids would say. You didn't know that I knew that, but I did. Um, and, you know... <laughs> If you sat down and you thought about the mission and how you thought about money, maybe this is the most important thing to you, and that is to get in bread, 
making money. It's the most important thing. And let me tell you, it's necessary. The Bible talks about working. The Bible talks about getting, having a living and making a living and paying someone what they're due. Here's what the Bible doesn't talk about. Can I tell you what really gets to me? Um, this week, I'm, I'm confessing this to you as a church. We don't, there are no corners at Restore Church. We don't hide anything here. Um, we ask you to give generously. And we as a staff and we as a leadership here try to be as responsible and as transparent with your finances as possible, okay? We know that you're trying to be generous. And so for our move into the, the theater, we're going to put up two flat screen TVs, kind of like we did in the conference center, because we don't have this tiny screen behind us to project on, okay? And so, uh, you know, I went to Sam's, great deal. There's a great deal. So if you're looking for a flat screen TV, Sam's Club, great deal. And uh, bought two of them, put them in the back of the van, and they got stolen out of the back of my car. I know. Here's what, here's, this is my confession. I'm sorry. You guys invest in, in our church faithfully. And, uh, man, I, I'm sorry, one, that they got stolen out of my vehicle. But, two, I'm sorry that people just do stuff like that. I'm sorry that we live in a world where that kind of stuff happens. Hey, if that's you, if you're here this morning, we love you, and we're glad you're here. And I hope those TVs blew up on your wall. But... transparency, but Jesus loves you nonetheless, and we'll forgive you, and look, you belong here, and we, we want you to be here, but seriously, I hope they blew up. <laughs> the Bible talks about having a job and not stealing stuff out of people's vans. Uh, the third thing that you might see as the goal of your money is to save money. This might be the mission. Now, we're getting there. Just trust me. We're getting there. Uh, the, the mission of your money is to save money. It, is this you? Like, save as much as possible. Because one day, we're going to need it. One day, we're going to need it. Now, Dave Ramsey will say, get three months emergency servings, or savings in your, in your, check, or in your uh, savings account. So you just save, 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 save. And if that's you, you're probably um, not that much fun. But you're really secure in that. You are really secure. I'm the spender. Aaron is the saver uh, in our family. And so the fourth one, if you're like me, this is the mission of your money is to spend it. You know, I'm only going to live here for so many years. I might as well spend it. My kids want an inheritance. They need to start working for it now. You know, like we're going to spend our money. But the truth is, if you're a spender like me, you're probably looking at a lot of consumer debt. You're looking at a lot of bills that come in and you're looking at a lot of plastic stuff that don't mean anything. And money just drives you, if you're like me, you got $5 in, you in your wallet and you spent it before you put it in. And so, uh, maybe spend it. Here's the, last, here's the last mission that might be your money, and that's financial freedom. All right. Financial freedom is a good thing to have. Maybe you've invested your money into CDs or you have your emergency savings. Maybe you, maybe you don't have any debt left, and that's a great place to be. Uh, man, this is a great mission to pursue with your money is to be free. You can't make a, um, you, you have no, no issues you're, you're thinking about, but making financial freedom your goal is still incomplete when we think about Scripture. It's good, it's good to, to be uh, financially free, 
It's also good to make money. It's good to spend money. It's good to save money. It's good to take care of your family. I'm not, I'm not saying all, any of those things aren't good, but they cannot be, listen, they cannot be the ultimate mission of your dollars. Because all of those things, as sad as it sounds, all of those things will disappear. They will be gone. Your financial freedom one day will be gone. Might be when you die, it might not be. When your car breaks down and the mechanic says it's too old to fix and now you got to go into debt. When, uh, you know, it's all your plastic stuff that you bought, spenders, it's going to be gone, but the debt bills continue to come and the, and the, the percentage, the uh, interest just keeps killing you. Savings, uh, I don't know, I, I'm not, I don't know, I'm a spender, so I don't know what that word means, but um, let me ask you, what, what in this life is worth your money? Let me ask it another question, let, let me ask it another way. What mission should we pursue with our money? So you found Matthew chapter 6, right? Matthew chapter 6. Uh, start with me in verse 19, and we're just going to kind of work through this together. This is, this is what it says. It won't be on the screen, uh, and God kind of shifted the message just a little bit. So if you're following along on the Restore Church app, these slides are there, but the, the, the verses are different. Uh, but if you click on the Bible part, uh, it'll be there. The version app is the same. Usually you can follow along with us, but this time you're just going to have to click on Matthew chapter 6. Here at Restore, uh, we want you to see the scripture. We want you to see the Bible. So uh, either your, your phone, your tablet, or the actual Bible uh, will be helpful. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 uh, through 20, uh, 24 is what we'll read right now. It says this. This is Jesus teaching his disciples. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, the, the biggest recorded sermon that he has. His focus is the 12 disciples, but many people are listening, and he's teaching them how to follow Jesus. And this is what he says. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Mm, 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 mm. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermins do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Mm -mm -mm. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you're an underlining type person, that's a good one, man. It says, uh, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will have the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Jesus says you cannot serve both God and and money. Make a choice. Uh, a couple, uh, about, a, about three or four months ago, I got a text message from a friend of mine, and, uh, you know, I, I try to stay up with the latest trends and being cool, because, you know, that's what you do when you're 30, and uh, I got a text message from a friend of mine, and it pops up, says his name, and I click on it or swipe it, and it reads my face, which is crazy. And then it pulls up, and, and it has this square, and it's, it says Apple Pay. And I'm like, what kind of scam is this? And uh, it's got a couple hundred dollars. 
Now, after Facebook stalking him and making sure he hasn't been, you know, broken, like his accounts haven't been broken into, and after doing a little bit of research, what I found is you and I, if we have Apple, uh, if we have Apple phones, we can send money back and forth to each other. I don't know if other dumb phones don't have that, but Apple does. And you can send money to me, and I can send money back to you. And what's cool is you can walk into some stores and just scan your phone. And you can pay for things. Isn't that cool? Kind of creepy, but it's cool. I did it this morning at Starbucks. thought it was cool. And um, so he sends me this thing. I click on it. What's really cool, too, is you can move it to your bank account from your phone right there. It's wild. So I was like, man, this is sweet. Thanks, dude. Appreciate the gift. You know, love you. Talk to you later. Um, so um, I go to I, this. Was, now, fast forward to like last week. Aaron and I swing through Starbucks. It's just coffee, y'all. I mean, life is all about Jesus and coffee. That should be a t-shirt. And we go through, and I look at the amount on this, and I'm like, this can't be right. I mean, it was a couple hundred dollars just a few months ago. It can't be down to, I'm not going to tell you how much. It can't be down to this much. So you can pull up what you've spent your money on. And I'm like, yo, all of this is food <laughs> and coffee, but mainly like fast food. And I was, y'all, I felt sick to my stomach, probably because of the food, but I felt so sick. Here's, here's what God really taught me in that moment. Receipts reveal. You hear what I'm saying? Receipts reveal. And this is what that told me about my life right now. I'm not spending enough time at home because I'm on the go, I'm on the go so much that I've got to and keep going. What it told me is that I'm spending stuff, I'm spending money on things that are gone like that. And y'all haven't seen me eat. You know, like, it's gone like that. And uh, those have no eternal value. What it told me was I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not taking care of my body because of the season I'm in. And you start to, friends who have mental, who are fighting against mental illnesses, anxiety, depression, those kind of things, like I am, look at what you're eating. Because I'm not trying to take, I'm apparently not taking care of myself. And so your receipts will reveal what you care about. Here, here's a little exercise for you to do when you get home this afternoon. Go online, log into your bank account, and print off your last 30 days bank statement. And let that tell you where your heart is. Where is it? Hey, it's great to pay for rent. That's awesome. You need to do that. A friend of mine who, who goes here uh, has a, a degree in financial planning, and he says that 41% of your income should go to housing. Um, where else is your money going? Is it going to toys? Because like Jesus just said, one day they'll be gone. Is it bad to have a toy? No. Is it bad to not be generous with your money? Yeah. See, we, we get so locked up in me, in my, in what I want, and what I need, that we get so just, like, tainted, right? It gets distorted about where our money is, where our heart is. Now, let me ask you about this. If your heart is passionate about Jesus, 
what should your bank account reveal? I don't know. I can't tell you that. I mean, generosity is generosity. Um, the Old Testament, it works off this principle called a tithe. 10% of what you have, you give. It gets mentioned in the New Testament, but, but nowhere really does Jesus command or Paul or any of our New Testament authors tell us to tithe, give a, a 10%. We ask you to do that because it's a great starting point. But what God asks us to do is to just be generous. Now, I can't give you a number or a percentage on generosity. Is $20 for you generous? If you have $40, probably. But if you have $40,000 in your bank account, then $40 probably isn't all that, that generous. So what I'm, what I'm saying and what Jesus said is that our receipts will reveal where our heart is. If your heart is aligned with God, man, you should be giving to something that is kingdom-focused. Hey, I, I am going above and beyond during this series to tell you this is not a scheme to get my hand in your back pocket. Okay, this is not a scheme to try to take money out of your purse or out of your bank account or your wallet. Uh, we're not about your money. Honestly, God doesn't need your money. If he wanted it, he would just take it. God wants your heart. And where your heart is, or where your treasure is, your heart will be also, and so it's, it's true. The other way. Man, you should be some, somehow sacrificing for the kingdom of God financially. Um, and with your time, and with your talent, but also with, with your, your funds. And so, look, you should hear me say this too. If it's not at Restore Church, that hurts a little bit, but that's okay. There are plenty of great churches that you, should, that you can support. If you don't want to re support Restore, that's cool. Shoot me an email, and I'll, I'll send you 10 churches that, are, that, are, that, are, that you should support. There's two that are coming up that I know of that are two guys that are going to plant a church. They need funds right now more than ever. So if you don't want to support, support Restore Church, man, that would be a big boost to their faith. One is coming in Fayetteville. So if you know anybody in Fayetteville that's looking for a church or want to be a part of a church like this, uh, there's one coming anyway. Um, all right, we, let's, let's, uh, let's wrap this, this up a little bit. Um, so receipts reveal. Uh, what's it revealing about you? Jesus says you can't serve God and money. You've heard me say this before. You can only serve one master. You can only be a part of kingdom, one kingdom. If you're trying to serve yourself or money and trying to serve God, you've you can't do it, Jesus says. When you become a servant of two masters, you become the enemy of both. See what I mean? Like you can't, it, uh, it's like a spy or something. I don't know. Espionage. Look at the next couple verses. So here's, here's one key point here. Verse, 30, verse 25 says, Therefore, Let's be corny for a minute, and when you see the word therefore, you got to know that it's linking two things. It's putting two things together, okay? I run, therefore I'm in shape. I spend money on fast food, therefore I'm not. Um, you know, whatever. Therefore is a linking between two things. It's a cause and an effect. 
Jesus says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You can't serve God and money. You have to pursue one or the other. Therefore, remember, he's trying to teach people how to follow Jesus. You can't serve God and money. And because of that, verse 25, I tell you, his assumption here is that you're going to choose God. Because watch what he says. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink, about your body or about what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Of course it is. Look at the birds. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Man, who in here worries about money? Yeah, there are some hands that are going up, and there's probably more hands that should be, but don't. <laughs> um, yeah, we all do. Aaron and I got married, and uh, we go on our honeymoon, and it's like 3 a.m. on your honeymoon, right? And I'm sitting up in the bed, wide awake, trying to figure out how we're going to pay for rent, we haven't been married for six days, and I'm starting our, our marriage off by worrying about money. It's common, and Jesus knows it. And so he says, don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about money. Remember the question we're asking, what is the mission of our money? What's the mission of our dollars? Here we go. Verse 28, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Look at what he says now. You of little faith. Ouch, that hurts. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, the people who aren't following God, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Man, I, I worry about money a lot. Um, I was reading this week, obviously, about, uh, about, about uh, money and church and God, and, and uh, I, I thought, man, I've, I've thought a lot about this. So we, we don't talk a lot about money here at Restore. We want that to be a hard thing for you. We're not, we don't pass a plate. You won't see a plate pass in front of you. We're not trying to guilt you into money. <clears throat> but I just thought about myself when I was 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Aaron and I were just married, had, had our first son, and, and it was tight, man. And it, there wasn't a whole lot of money to give. And so, here's confession time for you uh, as a pastor. Giving was for rich people. You know, like, giving was for people who could, who had a little bit extra space in their bank account. And uh, it, it convicted me this week when I was reading, okay, you're not rich, though. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure you're not rich. Or at least you don't think of yourself as rich. Because to the person who makes $30,000, the person who makes fifty is rich. 
To the person who makes $50,000, 70, the guy, to the woman who makes 75, she's rich. To the person who has $3 million in their bank account, the, the CEO who has $7 million is rich, right? So we will never be rich because rich is comparative, right? I mean, can we all agree that being rich is, is, is comparative? If you make $9,000 a year, $175 a week, if you make uh, $9,000 a year, you are in the top 8% of the richest people in the world. Congratulations. <laughs> you are in the top 8% of the richest people in the world. If you have a room that is not necessary for living, all right, bathroom, kitchen, bedroom, any other room outside of those are extra. A garage. Y'all, in America, we have rooms to park our cars. If that's not rich, I'm not sure the definition of what rich is. We have cars. How about that? You, the rest of the world, not the rest of the world, but a great percentage of the world uh, has to go through leaps and bounds to get clean drinking water. You pee on it. <laughs> we are the richest people in the world. What are we doing with it? Who are we pursuing with it? Because you can't serve both God and money. No, what we do is we worry about it. And Jesus is like, dude, if you would just trust God and not worry about it. Remember, what's the mission of our dollars? What's the mission of our money? Here it comes. Ready? Verse 33. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says this, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow has enough worry about itself. Every day has trouble of its own. Jesus says to, uh, Jesus says to the disciples, if you want to follow me, if you want to love me and not money, if you want to love God and not money, then follow me and trust God. Put the kingdom of God first in your bank account. Put the kingdom of God first in your life. Put the kingdom of God first in your marriage. Put the kingdom of God first in your parenting. Put the kingdom of God first in your relationships, in your career. And all of these things, money, clothes, food, God will take care of. You know, you could probably, or if, if you write in your Bible or along the margins or anything, you could write the word trust next to this. Trust is the antonym of worry. Trust is the antonym or opposite uh, of, of what worry is. Um, <clears throat> I've got a picture here of, uh, of a tombstone. Pretty cool. Not, I'm, well... It's kind of sick to say tombstones are cool, but uh, did you, uh, Kendra is on our staff. Kendra is uh, our operations director. When we launched as a church two years ago, 
uh, she was our next-gen director. She was in charge of all of our children's ministries uh, and our youth ministries. Now she's just in charge of all the ministries. She was already doing it. We're just giving her a title, so you know that now. Uh, she kind of is basically my, uh, not boss, but um, she will call me. She calls me all the time. And when the phone rings, my heart races because I'm like, what didn't I do? Uh, what was I supposed to do? What email didn't I send? What? So, uh, but what you may or may not know is that Kendra was in my youth group when I was a youth minister uh, over 10 years ago, 12 years ago. So, uh, I was going to, I was a part of, I was a pastor of a church in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Uh, there's Coast Guard Base there. Maybe you spent some time there, or driven through. Or on your way to Virginia, you just saw a sign. That's usually what happens. People are like, oh, yeah, I know Elizabeth City. Really? Uh, yeah, see the sign every time I'm on my way to Virginia. All right, cool. Um, okay, so I was a pastor there. Our church started to grow, and we started to get some teenagers. That's pretty cool. But we didn't have anybody to do youth ministry. And so I was like, okay, I'll do youth ministry. I've done this before. I could do it again. So I sent some messages to some of the kids that were in my youth group at the time. This was probably, I don't know, eight years ago or something. <clears throat> and so I asked one of the, the kids, kids, I sent a message to was Kendra, and just said, hey, I know youth group was a while ago for you, but what is the most, like, rewarding thing we've done? What was one of the most, um, like, important messages and uh, her sister, Shelby, Kendra has a twin, and Shelby said that it was, I would always say, make room in your book bag for your Bible. Uh, make sure there's always room for your Bible in your life. So your briefcase or your, I don't know, whatever you carry. As long as it starts with a B, because that's how it works there. <clears throat> but for Kendra, she said it was the lesson about the tombstone. And you've heard this a thousand times. You have a start date, right? You don't have control over that. Mine was August 22nd, 1988. You have an end date, and you don't have control over that. Um, and hopefully for all of us, it's a long time from now. And usually that's what goes on your tombstone. And then that, someone might say some pretty words. Uh, someone might, you know, uh, you know, there might be a, a phrase or a, something that, that really signifies or encapsulates your life, and they'll put it on there. <clears throat> but... The most important thing on your tombstone is not your beginning date or your end date or the, the caption that marks your life. But the most important thing on the tombstone is what? It's the dash in the middle. It's the time you spent between your life, between uh, your birth and, and, your, and your death. And no matter what they put on your tombstone, they can lie about you. There's a meme going around, right? on Facebook that says, at my funeral, don't lie about me. I didn't light up a room. I wasn't easy to talk to. I wasn't super friendly, right? Uh, they can put whatever they want on my tombstone. But what will really be significant is what people remember about the dash. So let me ask you, money aside, what are people going to say about the dash for you? He had a great career. That's good. Uh, he was a, a decent husband. I mean, he wasn't a jerk all the time. All right. 
Um, he did good stuff. He was a good person. Here's what they might say. She was at church every Sunday. Hey, congratulations. But what if they said this? What if they said this about your dash? They cared so much about the kingdom of God that they put that first before everything. What if under their, the dash they just said, man, he trusted God so much that it impacted my life. What if the dash said, man, they invested financially in a church that changed my eternity. Start investing in the dash with your time, with your talents, and with your treasure. Start investing in the dash by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And let everything else just kind of fall into place. That's what trust is. Let's pray. Hey, God, we love you. And, uh, man, we, forgive us for when we don't trust you. Uh, God, forgive us for, um, for doubting you. Forgive us for writing a check to the church and saying, man, I still don't know how I'm going to make it happen. But instead that we believe that, that you could clothe the flowers of the field and give food to the birds, that you'll do the same for us. God, forgive us for when we don't pursue your kingdom first, but instead pursue the others. Um, God, give us courage and, and um, give us um, just determination, I guess. Because, God, I, I confess to you, it's not always easy for me to trust you with my money. God, it's easy to trust you with, um, it, it's, it's easy to trust you with, uh, with my kids and with my wife. It's easy to trust you with, with our church, but God, it is so hard to trust you with, with money. And so, Lord, for, forgive me for that, but God, just help, help us. Um, Anyway, God, we love you, man, and, and we're just thankful for the church that you're building and that your word says that the gates of hell cannot and will not overcome your church. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.